Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Do you notice that God is all around you and everyone and everything? What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kind of questions we'll talk about in this show Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but, you know, we also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. And the dial-in number, if you're listening live, is area code 347-850-1523. Good morning. I'm Tracy. And Leslie. And we are so glad that you joined us today. Um, We are going to have a theme this week that focuses on ego. Last week, we mentioned ego kind of in passing, and one of our listeners, Anthony, sent us a message saying, hey, you talked a little bit about ego, and my wife shared with me this acronym for ego, E-G-O, edging God out. Now, how can you say yes to spirit if you're edging God out? You can't, or at least it makes it really difficult to do so. So most of today's show, we'll be talking about ego and how that shows up and what can we do when we notice ego trying to edge God out. But before we do that, we're going to also share some other comments that we received from last week, just check in a little bit about um, our discussion on spiritual practices, and, um, and then we'll get into ego. So we're going to take a 30-second break and then come back and talk about um, what has happened since our last show. I noticed uh, we have a theme song at the beginning. Are we going to play that every time, like have a theme song? Well, it's a theme song for now. My, my ego wants a theme song. <laughs> I just have to say that out loud as I was listening to that. I thought, oh, we have a theme song. And then I, like, sniffled during the theme song the first time around. But um, check in from last week. And this is Leslie. And um, one of the interesting things we talked about last week was Tracy talked about doing a little ritual or meditation at night. And I said that I listened to... Law and Order SUV as my meditation at night, that I went to sleep to that. And um, 
so this week I, I said after I left here, I said, I'm going to try and do something different at night. And the first two nights, of course, I was like, nobody can make me do something different at night. I like what I do at night. I'm just fine. <laughs> so I did exactly the same thing. And then, uh, and then about the third or fourth night, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to go back and talk about that. So there's going to be some accountability to it. So I decided, well, I'm going to just shut it off and uh, see what happens. And first, when I turned the TV off, it was so interesting because I got very bitter and resentful. And I didn't like you much, Tracy. <laughs> I kind of blamed you. I was like, oh, my fault. <laughs> that Tracy hadn't come up with that good idea. And um, and about the fourth night on, what is tonight, Monday, Saturday night, I noticed that I just automatically turned it off, and I didn't want to have it on. So wow. it was very interesting to watch that cycle happen of resisting at first, or, you know, very first, saying, oh, heck no, you, you can't tell me what to do, I'm going to do what I know what to do. Exactly. Uh-huh. And then it went on from there, and it was interesting. Both uh, Nan and Sharon from Dallas, both of them made comments um, that they, too, hooked into that idea of doing something at night. And I thought that was really a good thing that you talked about. And, and several of us benefited from that. Tracy, <laughs> don't let that go to your ego. Don't let that go to your ego. But uh, well, it's, what, it's funny. It won't go to my ego because, mm-hmm. you know, one of the comments I made then, and I, I um, often say when I share my spiritual practices with others, what I do now is a result of 10 or 15 years of trying different things. And um, and it works for me, but I really am surprised when something I do works for somebody else. It's almost like you you get ideas from others, and then you tweak them and you fine tune them so they become, you know, your own spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation yesterday with someone who had um, heard me talking about spiritual practices a couple of weeks ago, and she said that. She also tried, um, not the evening ritual, but she tried to create a morning ritual. Oh, very cool. That, and the key was when I had said that it didn't have to take 30 minutes or it didn't have to be an hour, that we're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times you're really busy in the morning, and especially if you're a mom and you have kids and you have a job and you have a you know, family, you're trying to get them all out in the morning too. And she said, I made a comment about, you know, if I only have three minutes, I still will do one minute of gazing meditation, one minute of journaling, and one minute of, um, you know, of reflection, or one minute of reading an intention from the meditation card. And she said, wow, I have three minutes. I can give God three minutes. Mm-hmm. I can give spirit three minutes to start my day. And so yesterday I was having a conversation with her, and she said that she had done that. And it had really worked and made such a difference that, again, in three or four days of doing it, she could tell a major difference, a major shift in her energy. And so that got me thinking kind of as a, you know, a cap or related to the conversation last week about spiritual practices that one of the other things that I do that has made a huge difference for me. If, you know, I ask myself the question, when I'm really busy, how can I integrate spiritual practice into what I, what I need to do or what I'm going to do anyway and not always think about it as something separate, you know, at the beginning or the end of the day or any time when I'm stressed, I stop everything else and then do spiritual practice. And so one, of, one example of that that really um, works for me, and, and I admit I don't do it every day, but probably at least five days out of the week, um, when I'm getting dressed, um, obvi- or I'm taking a shower and getting dressed, 
I'm going to do those things anyway. So I thought, what could I do that would also be spiritual practice? And so I used to listen to music. I would always have a spiritual music playing mm, when I was taking right. a shower and getting dressed. But, you know, that didn't that didn't last. What I do now is I have three candles in my bathroom. And I, at the beginning of the year in January, as part of our burning bowl ritual and setting the intentions for the year, I had set three intentions for the year. Okay. And so I have one candle for each of those intentions. And... I light each candle, and as I light the candle, I repeat, you know, mm-hmm. one intention for each candle. And then the candles are burning. I'm taking a shower. Oh, I'm right. washing my face. I'm putting on makeup. <laughs> I'm, you know, doing whatever I do mm-hmm. to get dressed, mm-hmm. you know, putting my hair up. But the candles are burning, in effect, holding the space and holding the intention. And I see the candles as I'm getting dressed, you know. And then when I blow each candle out, I, again, repeat the intention mm-hmm. as I blow the candle out so that it stays with me throughout the day. Oh, very nice. But I didn't add, what, I added 30 seconds right. lighting and blowing out the candle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But everything else is, it's just a part of my daily life. It's a part of, you know, what I would be doing, whether I was connecting in spirit or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the ultimate thing, is to get to the point where it's a part of everything we do and not a separate, I'm going to do my meditation now and, then I'm going to live my life kind of thing. Exactly. But I love that um, you said, you know, that one minute and one minute and one minute. Um, I had thought about yesterday trying to look through some of my devotionals, trying to find one on ego, and I couldn't find one on ego, and that made me very nervous. <laughs> when you were talking just now, I thought, I have a devotional about that, you know. So isn't it funny how spirit takes care of things if I get out of the way kind of just thing? Just say yes. And just say yes, yes. I read that somewhere. But um, here's a devotion, and actually it's just written, like five days ago, about that thing about giving God a little bit of time in the morning. May I read it, Tracy? I need your affirmation. Before. Oh, please, okay, please, please read it. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Okay. I gave her a 20-second rub on her head, and she snuggled with me for over an hour. I fed her one treat, and she stood up guard at the bathroom door, making certain I was safe. I took her on a 15-minute walk, and she wagged her tail, ran around my feet thanking me, licked my hand, and barked her appreciation, and then cuddled with me all afternoon. Taking care of my friend's dog, I realized she took the little love and attention I gave her, and she gave it back to me a hundred times over. It occurred to me the time I spend with God in the morning is much like this. All I have to do is spend five minutes in some sort of meditation, thought, prayer, or silence, connecting to God's energy. Once connected, that energy clears my way for my entire day, creating a natural flow that eases my way. I have a hunch God is such a strong, pure sense of energy that it does not take much of my time to activate. Once activated for the day, it lasts and lasts and lasts, giving me more than 100 times what I gave it. Nice. That's really true, though. I think that is, and I have found that to be true. It just doesn't take a ton of time in the morning to connect, and then it makes a ton of difference in my day. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I do think that often we we do believe, we have a subconscious belief as well as a conscious belief that if we're really spiritual, Mm -hmm, if we're really spiritual, you know, we'll spend hours and hours and hours but uh, to use your... Sitting in a lotus position, you know, right? Doing a certain way. 
to use your phrase, I have a hunch that mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't take all of that. That it that's good, and there's nothing wrong with it. And the real challenge, the real skill, in my opinion, is how do we integrate mm-hmm. our spiritual convictions, mm-hmm. no matter what our faith practices are, no matter what our religious beliefs are, how do we integrate that into our daily life? Mm-hmm. So I'm a real fan one of the Quaker uh, philosophy that you let your life speak. Mm. And so you're, if I am letting my life speak, uh, people who interact with me will know what I believe and how I feel and my view of the world by what I do and what I say, then my spirituality, my, my saying yes to God, my saying yes to spirit will show up in just how I show up. Right. And people are attracted to that. I think 12 Steps have a, a saying, it's a program of attraction, not promotion. Yeah. You're not on the tweet, tw- uh, you know, not out there promoting 12 steps, but out there living your life, and people will want to know, you know, what's different about you? Where did right. you get that kind of thing? It's a very interesting thing, bringing it into the moment to moment, and not just having it separated for the day. So, um, one thing that we would do, if you have additional comments or reactions or ideas about daily spiritual practices. Please, please post them on the blog mm-hmm. or dial in and let us know. But today we're mostly going to focus on ego. Right. So let's take a one-minute break. If you need a cup of tea or coffee or if you want to, it's uh, for some of you on the East Coast, it's already lunchtime. And you know, if you want to grab something and bring it back to the computer, uh, we're going to take a one-minute break and we'll come back and talk about This is Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. And I'm Tracy, and I'm so glad that you are here with us as we delve a little bit into ego and how ego impacts our willingness and our ability to say yes to spirit. So, of course, you know, if you're going to talk about ego, at least every time I've had a conversation with a group of people about ego, there's always somebody who's, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation goes back and says, wait a minute, what do you mean by ego? Let's have a definition. So, um, you know, a good place to start would be a dictionary definition. And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says that ego is from the Latin 
word I, or the Latin meaning I, the letter I. And the definition, the first definition of ego is the self, especially as contrasted with another self or the world. So that makes mm. sense that our ego is ourself, or how we see ourselves or what we want to believe about ourselves in contrast to how other people see us or how other people are. So Tracy is different from Leslie and, mm. the, and so, you know, the way that I see myself in comparison mm. to Leslie is in some ways my ego saying, you know, I am distinct, I am unique, and I am important, and, you know, she's different in these ways. Now, ego doesn't automatically mean better or worse, but often for us as humans, our ego wants to be the best, mm -hmm. and so when we compare ourselves to others or to the world, we're often looking for the ways that we are better or that we perceive ourselves as better than. And if we go to the more psychoanalytical definition, which is also included in the dictionary, uh, the ego is defined as one of the three divisions of the psyche in psychoanalytic theory that serves as the organized conscious mediator between the person and reality by functioning both in the perception of and the adaptation to reality. Now, since Leslie is or has been, <laughs> is an old, yeah. has been a uh -huh. psychoanalyst, has been a therapist <laughs> in the past, mm -hmm. um, maybe she can translate that definition <laughs> into plain old English. I say, that sounds complicated, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I think exactly, though, earlier what you said is probably more of my understanding of what ego is. It's a separate. It keeps us separate from each other, and it actually separates us from God. You know, when I'm in my ego, I really believe what that guy says. What was his name? Let's give him another shout-out. Anthony. Anthony. You know, and, and that's a big 12-step thing, easing God out, ego. So you really can't, I can't be in my ego at the same time that I am in the flow and saying yes to spirit. And I think my ego is so, my ego is so mature because I am. I went all the way through school and read all the books, and I can really manipulate the situation in my mind to give myself the edge. And I am so desperate for that little tiny piece of external affirmation. Um, it's so interesting. I recently, well, recently, probably about six months ago, got out of the relationship or actually was left, I should say. But um, And this is the longest time that I've been single. And I found myself early on when I was journaling, I journaled the line, I don't know who I am unless I see myself in the reflection of someone else's eyes. Mm -hmm. And I, like, highlighted that and thought, that's you know, that is really sick <laughs> and really sad. And I felt really sorry for myself for a minute. And uh, But then, you know, I thought that's true. I don't have it. I, I, I've never really spend enough time with me maybe or something, but I've been fishing for that affirmation in other people, and, and that's my, I think that's my ego needing to feel superior or needing something from the outside well, in. needing, and I, I said better before, and you just said superior, and maybe if we use the language, needing to feel important, mm -hmm. because sometimes it's not better than, sometimes it's just ego wanting to be stroked, wanting to know that Somebody sees me as mm -hmm. having value or bringing value in this world, in this life. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't even have to be a comparison, just 
you know, am I important? Do I have value? Right. And our ego is the keeper of that. Um, a couple of weeks ago in a um, group that I was participating in, someone used the phrase good ego or bad ego. Are we mm. talking about my the good ego oh, or the bad ego? <laughs> and, you know, we got into this great conversation about how ego is not in itself good or bad. Mm-hmm. That as human beings, we could not survive. You know, we couldn't go through a day without our ego because ego provides protection. Ego, like the brain categorizing things, the ego is what helps us know who we are and what's important to us. And the ego gets us to do stuff. So it's not that the ego is good or bad, but what we choose to allow our ego to control in our lives might help us say yes Mm -hmm. to spirit or move us away from that. You know, that's interesting that you say that because, you know, this is, this is something that I really struggle with because I tend to think I don't want any ego. I want to be completely free of ego. If I, I can't be living my spiritual life if I have any ego attached. And I, I don't know where I heard this, but it's a fairly familiar theme of, you know, if somebody does something to me and I feel hurt by it, well, that's my ego feeling hurt. So if I was totally free of ego, then that's my barometer of, you know, people could just, you know, run me over with the car, and I'd be like, oh, well, that's okay. That's about them. That's not about me, and I would just let it go. And, you know, I have this ideal in my head, right? And and that, I think that is my secret ego trying to outsmart the other ego. I mean, you know, really, when you think about it, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking okay, about this that's now. Scary. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think it's an interesting, I wonder about that, and I would love to hear people's comments on that if, if you know what is ego, how does it function, and is it something that you totally, um, you know, some people talk about, and, and they do some therapy, talk about you know actually killing the ego, or you know actually just absolutely getting away, you know, doing away with it, and and living that more authentic in the flow. But when you said that about that, there's there's um, something that it does provide, mm-hmm. you know, there is some well, good if, to it. Then if I we had no ego at all, we would never be able to see ourselves as distinct. We mm-hmm. would not be able to see the good in ourselves, we would not be able to to differentiate mm-hmm. person A from person B or, you know, from you from me. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with being able to differentiate you from me. Interesting. Okay. Now, when the ego is guiding my judgments about you yes, okay. and creating a hierarchy of who's good and who's bad mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. Or if the ego is driving my choices to um, do something that's unethical or out of integrity, mm-hmm. you know that is that's control I don't want to give to my ego. But I don't want to tell my ego to completely go away because then um, I might not write poetry or I might not um, volunteer to be of service in the community, which I see as an integral part of who I am, Mm -hmm. because then I have no identity. Interesting. I love that. I'm learning. I'm learning. Well, and again, it's like it's just another perspective. And in the conversation I was having with the group a couple of weeks ago, we we really did have this great conversation Mm -hmm. about, wait a minute, so many people, it, it is more, I think, the norm that people just assume, all ego. Right. Ego I absolutely that. thought, yeah, I think that. And um, 
you know, I guess the, the you know, edging God out piece kind of confirms that too. It, but only if we allow ego to be in control. That doesn't mean you can't have ego. It means if ego is controlling, it edges God out, then what do you have? Would the healthy ego be the one where you're, where you're actually just empowering the God within to come out more? Because I think I struggle with that too. It's like if I really become God incarnate and I just let myself have all of this wonder in the world and, and allow God to take form through me, that's just going to be amazing, more than I would ever even understand or think of. And then I think, is that a healthy, you know, letting God out, you know, and that, is, that, is that a healthy piece of me coming out and then I'm trying to be humble by it and then my ego comes well, in and says, oh, that's something great I did. I think my ego then maybe comes out and says, Oh, Leslie, you get the attention for that, or you get the affirmation for that, or, you know, that's the ego. Or the ego saying, I, who am I? I am a representation of the attributes of spirit. I am, I am the physical delivery of what's important to God and spirit. So ego can say I that. I am. So ego can be that healthy well, this is very interesting. Well, it's just a discussion, <laughs> and, you know, that's why we have an Internet radio talk show so that other people can call in at area code 347-850-1523 because we don't, between the two of us, know all the answers. And my ego saying, but I'm right, so go ahead and call in and agree with me. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I, I think that's a great example. <laughs> That's a real life example, right? But I really, I you're you're catching on to you're saying some things that are you know catching on in my head that I really had not thought about. Yeah. And if you are listening to this by recording and you have an idea or a comment related to you know just how do we define ego anyway and can you have ego at all or or is the goal to eliminate ego completely? Um, please feel free to post on the show page blog. Um, just add your comments and um, we'll be able to include them in next week's show. So in saying yes to spirit, I mean, this conversation about, <laughs> you know, does ego, how does ego affect our ability to say yes to spirit? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a um, a more neutral phrasing of the question, that, you know, right. in what ways does ego affect your ability to say yes to spirit? Um, it's you know, less leading than mm-hmm. how does ego get in the way. Because right, right, then there's right. the assumption that ego gets in the way. Um, and I, you know, think it can also be um, a help if we looked at ego mm-hmm. and saying I yeah. am right, and right, identifying right. who I am as someone who says yes to spirit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in every way all day long, 365 days mm-hmm. a year, mm-hmm. then ego is claiming a space. Right. Um, at the same time, ego could be saying, okay, it's nice that you have these spiritual beliefs, and they're important, but right now what I want is... Right, right, right. right. And that's, I think that's what I get stuck in, you know, is that that ego comes out and kind of rears its head and says, I need, and, um, and I think the big thing for me is that external, you know, as you said in the beginning of the, of the definition, you know, the I, the separate, you know, that I'm constantly keeping a little score in my head, you know, Leslie 17, everybody else 
12, or Leslie's 17, everybody else 33. You know, and it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a you know, it's a lot of high math. Once you get going, like I get going, and it and it um, and it it's pure ego. And I can and I absolutely now I kind of have a little, little trigger in the back of my neck. I I kind of feel something physically now when I'm like so in my ego because I've done a lot of work on it. Can you imagine how much ego I had, you know, five years ago? But it's amazing how it will just crop up in conversations and, and when I'm doing any kind of um, public activity. And it's, I think it's so subtle. You know, I, I think initially I, I probably was a good example. I was just all ego. And then the more I became aware of it, it, just like everything else, you know, you just become aware of it, that first step, and you start looking at it, you start seeing it, and start identifying it. And now I get a physical reaction, you know, when I'm really 100% in it. But it is so subtle to me and well, so important to to see it, to see it for what it is. Right. And and then you can make choices rather than it running you mm -hmm. like it does when we're in automatic. Mm -hmm. um, but when we're, you know, 18 months old and we're really first beginning to learn that we are a separate being, that we are mm -hmm. an individual, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and children start approaching their terrible twos and mm -hmm. they're saying no and they're really defining that, oh, you can want one thing and I can want something different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I need to get you to do what I want you to do right. so that I feel good, you know, and so that development of values is really also about developing, you know, who am I in the world. So from 18 months or so when kids enter the terrible twos all through their early uh, teens, they're they're feeling, we're all feeling, who am I? Mm -hmm. And then we get to through high school and college, and it's really not until our mid-20s for most people that they're, you know, really locked into their values and that sense of this is who I am, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. distinct and unique from who you are, and I never have to change now because I know who I am. So we culturally, and just in the human development cycle, we encourage, we teach people to listen to their ego. Right. Oh, and I think I think that's a big thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's we encourage that separateness. We encourage that competitiveness. We encourage that you know one up kind of thing. I mean. Yeah. And that that to me is like the anti ego. You know what I'm saying? It's like we need to like that's I guess what I kind of want to push away from. You know, and I want to be more inclusive and more all one and kind of that kind of feeling. But I think you're right, society definitely. And well, and human development, even, you know, because it's not just true in American culture or U.S. culture, in every culture just about. Now, there are some cultures that do have a higher value on community and, and extended family. Mm -hmm. And even in those cultures still, children most of those cultures, children still learn that, you know, they are an individual. And there, there are a few exceptions to that, but in general, human development um, is about creating the individual and letting the individual know. So even when we do a lot to teach spiritual values and religious norms or religious beliefs, those spiritual values get framed in the context of you having, in the U.S., mm -hmm. in the context of you having individual choice mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what, you know, what you choose to do and what you choose to believe. Um, so, 
you know, that 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 tension between acknowledging and honoring my ego and putting my ego behind my commitment to spirit is where the I think that's where the tension is. And maybe the journey to, through that is how you get more to the other side of being completely integrated, you know, and not allowing that ego to be in control and integrating the healthy sense of self-esteem and the healthy sense of I am, but not making it about the ego or winning or losing. And and the journey of that getting to that point of then becoming just I am and living that 24-7. So let's take a quick break and then we come back. Let's look at an example because I think that journey begins, well, it begins with even acknowledging it and, and saying I want to go on the journey. Mm-hmm. But then the next step of that is beginning to notice right. when you're experiencing the tension between ego and saying yes to spirit. And it's very subtle, I think. So when we come back from the break, maybe yeah. we'll talk about chompers. Oh, yeah, there you go. All righty. to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path with Leslie and Tracy. So, yeah, let's get into this. Uh, when when we made this commitment to not let ego be in control all the time and to say yes to spirit, what does it look like or sound like? You know, what's it like when we start noticing in our own lives when when ego might be more in charge? And so you have this fabulous devotional about, and at least for me, it kind of reminds me of, oh, this is what it looks like, and hmm, what, what's that about? And the subtlety of it for yeah. me, yes, yeah. Um, this one is titled, My Intention. Happy Wednesday, happy Wednesday, Chompers. He sat and looked at me. Are you hungry, baby? For over a year, I have been feeding a neighbor's dog who I decided was being neglected. Every morning, I lean over a chain-link fence and give him food and water for the day. Every morning, Chompers jumps up to greet me, rubbing his head against my outreached hand. This morning, he sat six feet away looking at me. He wasn't hurt, but he had no interest in my food. Obviously, his owner had already fed him. Chompers, come say good morning to me. He sat, wagging his tail. Please, Chompers, come see me. He sat. As I dumped the food and water over the fence, I felt my irritation grow. How dare him not rush to greet me? Getting in my car, I realized I was not really concerned about Chompers having enough food and water. I was interested in his show of gratitude and the feeling I got from thinking I was saving his life. My real intention became obvious when I did not get what I wanted. I have a hunch God gives with no interest in getting back. I decided to look at everything I do for others and test my intention by feeling what it would be like to get nothing in return. 
If that feels good, then my intention is pure. If that thought irritates me, I will know what I am really after is my good morning greeting. That was rough to feel when I felt that. It was it was it was amazing because I was like, in real time when I started feeding him, throwing the food over, I, I felt myself going, "What the heck? Why aren't you coming?" You know, and I was really kind of being mad at the dog. Fuck <laughs> you, ungrateful! I come here every. I don't have to come here every morning. Yeah, <laughs> I really just felt my face get flushed, and then as I was walking back to my car, literally, I was like. What is going on, Leslie? What is going on? And then I was like, oh, my gosh. I really could care less if he, you know, has enough food or water. I mean, probably not care less to some extent. But at this point, a year later, you know, I'm really invested in his morning greeting and morning what I got or get from him. Right. So I'll be nice to you as long as you tell me how good I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, you know... I was really surprised to see how deep-seated that was because I wouldn't have... Somebody asked me, why are you feeding that dog? I would have been like, oh, my God, he was really, you know, pretty... He was just a horribly neglected when I first started feeding him, and I really would never enter my mind that I was doing it for any other reason than just really help him. Yeah, what I love this example for a couple of reasons. One, because um, you noticed your physical reaction, mm-hmm. you know, that how your uh. body changed, that, you're, that you were flushed, that you felt irritated. Right. And so often when we are having those kinds of feelings, that's a really good time to say, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's this really about? Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the time it's about our ego stepping into the forefront. Um, when... Um, and back in, in February of 2010, when I was doing the series, leading the series on Free to Love. Right, right. And at one week we did the, the, the activity where we talked about, in this situation, what would love do? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Obviously a takeoff of the you know, very popular um, decade or so ago, what would Jesus do? But the same concept, what would love do if every spiritual tradition has a basic tenet that mm-hmm. God is love. Right. And that love is all that God is mm-hmm. about and mm-hmm. all that God is is giving. Right. Then, you know, what would love do? What would God do in this situation? And so, you know, that's saying yes to spirit. Yeah. When I can get back to that and say, okay, I'm doing things because that's what God would do. That's what love would do. Um or I'm irritated mm-hmm. and I'm because I'm not getting acknowledged. Right. You know, the I, mm-hmm. the me mm-hmm. is saying, Wait a minute, I'm doing something good here. You know, where's, where's my, my medal? Where's where, my yeah. You know, where's my medal? Why aren't why aren't you recommending me to be on Oprah? <laughs> exactly right. You the know, SPCA award. nice to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and God I don't think ever wonders, you know, what's in it. You know, I mean, that, that energy of oneness, that energy of love, there's there's no opposite of that. There's no what's in it for that energy. That energy just is that. And so at any point that I stop it and looking for something back, that's when I think the key for me is that I'm in me. I'm in my ego. And uh, just the very thought, even having the thought, was a representation of ego. Because the idea of, you know, it, the dog got fed. Hallelujah. You know, the owner fed the dog. You think that would be just 
praise in that. You know, oh, great, Choppers, your, you know, your owner's going to start taking care of you. There would be excitement for that. Exactly. How sad that I was not excited about that at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we have me on the show. <laughs> That's kind of work in progress, work in progress. Well, it happens to all of us. And, in mm-hmm. fact, I'm, I'm guessing that um, everybody listening to the show you know, can think of not just one, mm-hmm. but many, many, many examples. The difference is, and I think what the power of this conversation is about, is for us to be able to do what you did, and that's recognize it in the moment, mm-hmm. recognize mm-hmm. it in real time, and go, whoa, right? you know, what what is that about? Even if the answer doesn't come right in that moment, mm-hmm. to notice that this is not the way I want to feel. So mm-hmm. what triggered it mm-hmm. and what's underneath it? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, without without becoming, you know, a therapist about it, but right. just to take a deep <laughs> breath and say, what, you know, what's going mm-hmm. on for me? Mm-hmm. And that's the difference, uh, or for me, I think that's the distinction between knowing your spiritual beliefs and living your yes. spiritual beliefs. Yes, yes, yes. And that's huge to me because I think I'm very intellectual and I can talk that talk with anybody. But that walking that walk is really the powerful difference. And that is what I think in many ways um, allows me the daily practice and the daily commitment and having a group like this. I mean, you know, obviously some of the people that have listen to this or friends of mine and, and having them call me or text me or email me later in the week and say, hey, I thought about this too. And I was like, oh, my God, I hadn't thought about that. And, you know, just having that form of supportive people to work together for the greater good of, of us all, you know, and there's no ego in that. And that, that to me, you know, that is what it's about and, and reminding each other moment to moment that there is a choice. We are always in choice. We are always standing in choice. And we can choose that ego or choose God and, um, and knowing there's a choice is the beginning, and then making the, you know, the God choice. And if you don't make the God choice, and you don't have to point that out to, you know, I, I find myself tending to point out, I don't think you made the God choice <laughs> to people in my life. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not certain. And so, you know, that's my ego wanting, you know, playing out in, in judgment. And I think that uh, judgment is a huge thing for me, too, because I judge myself, I judge others. And, um, and that's a huge ego challenge for me to not be in judgment. You just triggered a thought for me which maybe will be um, not maybe, it will be a future show. Ah. It'll be next week. Mm. Um, What you triggered for me was the thought about how often have I recognized that my frustration with someone else was that they were not showing me love the way I wanted to see it or receive it. Yes, yes, yes. They might be showing me love from their perspective. Yes, yes. The way, the best way they know how. Right. Or the way they think yes. they should show it or yep. the way they think I want, want it. But it's not the way that my ego says this is the way it mm-hmm, should be. Mm-hmm. You know, this would make me feel really good if they said these things or if they did, you know, these other things. And so while that, you know, is about, I want, you know, acknowledgement, I really want to talk about that more when we do a show where the theme for the week is forgiveness. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Because it's, you know, it really is, for me, that jumps into um, 
forgiving other people for doing the best they can the way they know how, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. if it's not the way that we would do it, and forgiving ourselves for wanting them to be different from who they are. And now here's an interesting question. Does ego ever forgive? Because I'm thinking, as you're saying that, I'm thinking my ego doesn't want me to forgive. My ego wants to make them wrong and make me right. Ooh, that's juicy. That's deep, isn't it? Does, does, I think that's e- interesting. Does ego... Can ego forgive? ...ever forgive? Does ego have the ability to forgive? Does ego have the willingness... The willingness or the interest. Yeah, I think ego forgive. probably is the opposite of that, right? Ego wants to hold on to and remind me, you know, in 1972. If ego wants to protect the I... Yes. If ego wants to protect who I am and make sure that I am able to live in the world the way that I have determined is best for me, mm-hmm. that's really good. Can the ego forgive people who don't give me things that affirm the I? Or does forgiveness come from someplace else? I think it comes from someplace else. That's my answer, and I'm sticking to it. I don't wow. think ego, yeah. Because I'm still trying to build my case that, you know, we just should get rid of ego completely. <laughs> so I don't think my, my hidden agenda is still at play, but yeah. Yeah. You're not so hidden. <laughs> it's more fun if you say it out loud. <laughs> that well yeah, so we'll have to do a show mm-hmm. soon where mm-hmm. that focuses on forgiveness and then ego will rear its you mm-hmm. know, its uh image back into that as well. So do you have another devotion for us? Well I was take thinking, a little break first. Well we could take a little break and I, I have one about persistence that at some point I want to talk about because I do think it's so important to keep on keeping on as we go through this and, you know, understand that it's just a journey. And uh, and hopefully, you know, saying yes to spirit and people taking an hour on Mondays and thinking about it and, and going to, to church. It was so interesting. Yesterday morning before church, I was such in a bad mood. <laughs> and I, I wanted to be there on time because they were singing the hymn and acquired our church at uh, Center for Spiritual Living. And I usually always get there late, and so I was determined to get there on time, and that just put me in just such a bad mood. And my ego was just on fire and yesterday as soon as I pulled into the parking lot it was like something in me settled and then I got into the sanctuary and my body just became at peace and it was such an interesting reminder to me that I have to physically do things to get myself out of ego and get myself out of myself and going to church going to meditation doing this show is good for me and I remember step programs that you start talking about, you can do whatever, and you can, as long as it helps one person, that one person can be you. So, you know, even if I'm the only one that gets something out of this, Tracy, sorry for you, but, um, you know, it's just a powerful thing to do things in groups and to stay connected to people um, over a radio show, in person, and um, through meditation, through phone calls, through doing treatment for each other, uh, the reminders, I need a lot of them throughout the day, so... So when we come back from the break, we'll talk about what are things you can do that help you um, choose mm-hmm. to over and manage over and over. the mm-hmm. ego or to keep the ego in its proper place when you're committed to saying yes to spirit. Love it, yes.
Okay, say yes to spirit, and we are back encouraging you on your spiritual path. And I was going to read a devotion that I titled Keep On Keeping On. I wrote this about a year ago, but I think it's really true to keeping kind of encouraging on the path to continue to say yes to spirit. Driving down a street not far from my house, I noticed a car pull over to the side and roll down their window. After a moment's exchange with a young man standing in the driveway of a house, the car drove off. Then the car right in front of me did the exact same thing. I watched this and wondered what the young man was doing. Finally, it was my turn to hear what he had to say. Do you have any jumper cables? Yes, yes I do. My grandparents told me nobody would stop. I asked him if this was his grandparents' house, and he said yes it was, and they were certain nobody would stop. And I said, well, good for you for trying anyway, and look, somebody stopped and had jumper cables. Yep, and you were the only, the 17th person I asked. As I heard his car turn over and saw the grin on his face, I realized many people live their lives like his grandparents, deciding nobody will stop to help, so they never even leave their house to ask. I would definitely have left the house to ask and started asking and asking, but somewhere probably around the 13th person, I would have given up and gone back in the house. Twelve-step programs say the last ten yards of any race is the hardest, and most times people quit right before the moment they're going to find success. Keep on keeping on means persistence. In persistence, victory comes. I have a hunch God is a persistent source of good always, with no exceptions. I have given up four people too soon on many things in my life, never knowing how close I was to getting my car started. Keep on keeping on. Love it. And, you know, keep on going, doing the things that you do in your week through going to church when you don't, when I don't want to or going, showing up to different things during the week when I think, oh, no, I'm just going to stay on the couch. But getting my body and, you know, my mind follows kind of thing. Suiting up and showing up is part of the journey. Yeah, and, and it is that persistence that, that, you know, sometimes that's the biggest, representation of the biggest demonstration of faith, mm. you know, that I trust even though I don't know it or see it. You know, I know it in my head or I know it in my intuition. Mm-hmm. You know, my intellect or my intuition know it, but mm-hmm. I don't see any evidence of it. And the ego wants to see it, doesn't it? Right. I think, yeah, because I think my intuition will be like, when I'm in peace or when I'm meditating or something, I'll think, you are right on the right path, Leslie. Keep going. It's good. It's good. And then I'll step out and I'll go out into my day and my ego's like, what the heck are you thinking? You're an idiot. Right. <laughs> Everybody's going to look at you and know you're an idiot and stop it. You know, right. so my ego. Or, or what was that meditation about mm-hmm. where you came out of the meditation and you were like, all is well in the world. I am a child of God. Everything is fabulous. You know, and then, yeah, the ego <laughs> yeah. is like, have, you absolutely have lost your mind. You have no money in the bank. <laughs> yeah. You have no clients. Right, 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 you right. have, you know, you haven't had a new pair of shoes in yeah. six months. Yeah. You, you know, it, the ego starts clicking off clicking. all these things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. prove, right. prove that you're not being taken care of or you're not getting your way or... You are not the example that you know, every that to other people right. that you think you are, and yeah, that's when for me, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, ego, get in line behind all of this truth that right. I know, and that's you know. when I say kill ego. 
But yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, I think there's a movie. There was a Kill Bill movie series. <laughs> Maybe we could come up with a Kill Ego. Kill Ego series. But yeah, for me, it, it really is that, you know, ego get in line behind mm-hmm, mm-hmm. faith, behind trust, behind, you know, what I know to be the spiritual truth. Right. You know, and then ego, you have a place, but it's behind these other these other mm-hmm. factors. And you use the word faith, and I think that is really kind of like the, I don't know what the word for that is, but, you know, that's the secret weapon, so to speak. I mean, having that faith when there's no reason for it or when all of the things, all of the facts point against anything good coming of any of this, you know, having that faith that, oh, my goodness, I am just one car away from getting those jumper cables. Exactly. You know, and believing that when you're on the 73rd, you know, car asking for those jumper kicks. Exactly. And that, that, yeah, that is a really powerful example for for those, for that reason. My girl would like to thank you. See, now that's another thing that I think is very interesting because I am constantly in battle with that too. Again, that affirmation that I am just starving for, right? So any little nugget, you know, I, you know, I'll save emails where people said good things. And I'm like, okay, I'm having a bad day. I'm going to go read that, e- that email. You know, it's Do you also send emails when people say anything? No. <laughs> no. But I remember them in my head. I have them, you know, memorized so I can replay them and say, remember Aunt Sue? She said this in 1978 that you were just worthless. You know, so I kind of, you know, affirm those by myself. I don't need them to read them. The good ones I'm kind of constantly trying to. It's a very interesting place, my mind. We should all visit. <laughs> interesting it. or dangerous? Dangerous and sure. both, both. But it is. But I think a lot of it is ego, and I, I really do. I struggle with that idea. I look at that a lot in my own life, and I'm, you know, again, I appreciate uh, the topic from. Let's say his name one more time. Anthony. Anthony to encourage others to give us topics because it's really it's something I struggle with. Yeah, absolutely. We do want uh, your ideas for topics. We're thinking about um, some of the topics that you'll see in the next few weeks are uh, how to say, when you're saying yes to spirit, what role does love play in that? Friendship. Uh, How do you say yes to spirit and connect in with joy? Um, So, you know, there are lots of directions we could take the show. Um, but each week we want to choose a theme to ground us and to uh, help us help us really explore what it means to say yes to spirit in our everyday lives, in the real things that come up in our in our lives right. and in our you know interactions with other people. So we don't want this to be just a theoretical right. You know, what yes. is the spiritual yes. truth or right. what does uh, Christianity say about this and what does religious science say about that. But in the lives of real people yes. um, and in the lives of Leslie and in the life, mm-hmm. lives of Leslie and Tracy, you know, it happens. Life happens. And, you know, your everyday experiences are the opportunity to really say yes to spirit and know that you are making a conscious choice. And to be in conversation about that. I mean, my hope and my desire is that people use things we talk about and go and talk to other people and get into conversation because I think that, uh, you know, talking about how we make that choice in the moment and talking about struggles that we have 
we are all teachers and students at the exact same time. And um, if we're silent, we're, you know, doing neither. So the idea to really, you know, encourage one another to talk about our struggles, it's always interesting to me. We talked about this last week. You know, we stay in a vacuum and we think we're unique and we think we're the only ones. And it's such a powerful thing to understand that we're all kind of in this together. Um, there was an interesting story that uh, a gal told in an Al-Anon meeting, which I think kind of talks about how really when you look at ego maybe does serve a purpose at some point, and um, she was specifically saying when we have drama, trauma in our childhood, and there's certain things that we do to protect ourselves, and, and our mind is a marvelous place and is able to do a bunch of different strange things to keep us sane, keep us alive when there's really horrible things happening to us. And she used the example that it's kind of like when we're in that drama trauma, we're underwater and we uh, have a full set of scuba gear on and, and we need that in order to uh, survive that experience. But then when that experience is over, what our ego tends to do is not let go of that scuba gear. Yeah. And we start to walk on land and we've got the oxygen tank and we've got the flippers and our ego saying, oh no, you know, it's not safe out there, you know, you need this air to breathe, you need these flippers to swim. And our intuition, God is saying, you know, we're safe, we're free, we can move forward now without it. And it, I think it is that level of faith, that moment of stepping out from the flippers and saying, I am putting the oxygen tank down and saying, I'm going to die. I'm just about to die. So Edgar Tolley has this quote that is directly in line in alignment with that example. And he says this, as long as you are unable to access the power of the now, mm. every emotional pain that you experience leaves behind a residue of pain that lives on in you. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And saying yes to spirit really is about saying yes to now and now. how do I want to show up and, and what's going on, how do I manage what's mm -hmm. happening in my life today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those tools or those protections from our childhood traumas or from the relationship that ended right. last or the job that ended, some of those traumas are the ones that keep us locked into the past, and yes, often that's the protection mm -hmm. of ego. And faith can step us out from that. So Exactly. So we're near the end of today's show, and um, any closing comments, Leslie? I'm just glad to be here. Thanks for being here with me, Tracy. I love it. I love it, too. I love this opportunity to just visit with you and to, you know, impromptu talk about saying yes to spirit, mm -hmm. and um, this show is an example of saying yes to spirit and letting it happen, allowing it to happen, not over-planning it, not over-programming it, and we want to um, encourage those of you who are listening to also say yes to spirit, and that could be calling in, that could be sending us an email, or it could be posting to the blog, so if you have suggestions or if you have reactions, and especially if you have stories yes. that relate to what we've been talking about, please go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash YTS and post your comment on the show page. And you never know, we'll probably include you in awesome. a future show. 